going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else uh, because it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so. Got a meditation, eternal energy. Go get you some. Also, send me a review once you're done as well. I'd love to hear your feedback. Now, moving up from there, if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships, in which there are three different tiers, silver, gold, and diamond, which offer different levels of benefits that once-offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? Sure, emotionally. <laughs> social Q&A live. Welcome, my friends, to episode... Is this 65 episode of Rocket You Go About? How to know if a girl is using you. We've got an extremely interesting and spicy situation today. One of the first times ever we've had a royal member of a family reach out for guidance on social Q&A live. Due to privacy, I'll not be able to mention uh, which royal family or which descent, which descent he is from. However, uh, it's it doesn't really change the play too much. I mean, it's a special thing because we've been doing what sixty five episodes of Social Q and A Live and the podcast for a while, and it's the first time we've had someone uh, of this societal status reach out. And so I'm really grateful for that. But at the same time, it doesn't really change the social dynamics of the situation for the most part, just because he's from a royal family. Uh, it's more to do with the fact that he's got a young girl, uh, friend, kind of, we'll play all that, we'll see what the terms mean, that is definitely using him. And what's going to be more interesting in this discussion is why a guy would allow a girl to use him in this way. Not so much, uh, just it's very obvious when a girl is using you. We're going to dive into much deeper stuff than that. And so if you guys are new to Social Q&A Live, welcome to the is this the fifth episode of season six? It might be the sixth. I think it's the fifth. And this is a time where you guys can ask any questions on social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. We will get it up here in this live chat. And if you are just joining in right now while I zoom this shit in, <laughs> hold on. Uh, please say hi. Please say hi down there in the chat. Let me know where you're from. Drop a thumbs up on this video as well. If you're just joining the live chat, help support the video, get it sent out to the rest of the community. And so we have a featured story. A featured story sent in, like I said, from this royal family member uh, this morning, and we're going to dive in on that very deep. 
And then we have time for open Q&A in which that you guys can ask any questions, like I said. Uh, but not yet. Not yet. That comes in time. So you got questions, copy and paste them, get ready to send them a little bit later. And if you would like to use the super chat option, that's a donation to the channel that gets your question bumped to the top. And I'll give them more time later on. That's most appreciated. Just help support the channel. Anything else that I'm forgetting here? Uh, yeah, class format. So in these live podcasts nowadays, I like to test, I like to question uh, you guys. It's not just a Q&A where you guys bring your questions to me. I'm going to throw them straight back at you and make sure that you're learning, deeply engaged. So put your sack down, put your uh, put whatever else you're playing with down and stay focused during this session. I'll be throwing you guys questions and let's do it. I'm just going to say hi to some of you early birds who are up in this chat. By the way, shout out to my friends in Adelaide, South Australia. It's a public holiday today, yet not for us. Social Q&A knows no public holidays. <laughs> well, I'm not going to skip this session for that. So we got, who are we up in here? Who we got? Who we got? Who's in the show? We got Jay New up in here who says, my internet is out of sorts today, but we'll do my best to make this sesh a good, a good one with the one thumb, uh, the one finger. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. And he says, hi, I'm Minasan, which means good morning, everyone. Well, hi to you too, my friend. Good to, good to have you here. And hopefully your incident holds up. W is also in here uh, saying, yo, ya, yo, hello. <laughs> Good to have you here, W. Good to have you here from the beginning as well. We've also got one Takumi-kun, a.k.a. T, uh, a.k.a. the Jelly Donut Man, coming in saying, teriyaki boys, let's go. <laughs> yeah, teriyaki boys. Uh, if you know how to live in Tokyo, I think. Uh, T does, actually. T has lived in Tokyo for a little bit. Guys, if that dog gets too loud, just let me know. It's starting to fuck with me, actually. I'm going to close this window. Just chop them out there. I know you guys... I know it probably doesn't bother you guys too much, but it's very loud on my end, so we're going to stay focused. So like I said, pre-context, pre-story, the story, this is an absolute doozy. This is a ripper. It's something that I've... uh, While I've experienced this story before, not really on this scale. It's a different scale when you're dealing with someone who said he's come from a royal family. And so I'll try not to let that color my judgment too much. It will be a factor later on when we think about her play, her social dynamics, when we think about why she might be using him, taking advantage of him. That will play into a little bit later. But at least, you know, I probably should have started this podcast by not telling you about him coming from royal descent and just see what you guys would say afterwards. But I've already done it now, so I can't go back in time. And let me just make sure that I'm... Make sure that I'm recording. So now you know, but whatever, let's go into this guy's DMs. Uh, unlike last week, I don't have notes for this session. It's not really a session that you need. It's not as nearly as intense as last week for those of you that enjoyed last week, which a lot of you did. So thanks for your feedback on that. Okay. Now, at first, what's interesting is that this is not, you know, normally with these featured contexts that you guys send to me on boldoja.com or on Instagram at uitang1, double oitang1. Normally, they're like a week ago or a few days ago, and that is half of the story. So, you, you're going to need to pay attention to this, but actually, the beginning of the story went, goes back to the beginning of the year, actually. goes back to the beginning of the, of the year, or it started the, sometime at the beginning of this year, yet he didn't want me to cover it. He wanted to keep it private just between me and him. But what's interesting is that that was the first half of the story about how him and this girl met. And when I was going through the story this morning, just rereading it, I was thinking this is actually really key to know. This is very crucial for you to start picking out the red flags in his behavior and how he's been treating this girl, the signals he's been sending this girl that would maybe lead her to taking advantage of him. 
And so I was weighing up, do I, do I tell that to you guys? Because now he has given me permission to do a full social Q&A based on what he came to me has kind of reached a boiling point. There's, it's just not really sure whether to stay over anymore. And so what I'm going to do is that I'm going to be very careful with details. There's definitely no names. He'll be referred to as X. I'm not going to mention the country. Uh, I'll mention maybe loosely ethnicities because that's kind of important to know here. But that's about it. So I'm going to, I'll do that. I'll just, I'll, I'll abbreviate it, not to mention too. There's a lot of details in here that I really just should not mention, but I'll, I'll let you guys know what you need to know. Let me say that. Anything that I omit, it's purely for his privacy, not because it's adjusting the story. Hopefully you guys can dive with that. So here we go. Our man X is 18 years old from royal descent. Not going to say what family, not going to say what country, but that's his profile. Okay, he is of he is of a certain type of Asian descent. I'm not going to say which type, but it's important to know that actually. I'm not going to say which family it descends from, but an Asian background of some kind. Okay, okay, yeah, that's enough. That's all you need to know. The girl in question, <clears throat> the girl that is uh, hot on at the moment, well, was now is getting getting questions. She is Caucasian. She is white. Okay, so he messaged me this at the beginning of the year and it was actually off the back of my video about girls with daddy issues, which has got three parts to it now. The first one got a lot of, lot of traction and so girls just kept wanting to make follow-ups. I'm not sure which part he came from. Is it the part one or part two? Definitely wasn't part three. And he reached out because initially he thought the girl he was with was a lusting firebird, aka over-acceptance mentality uh, to do with daddy issues. However, I think he got a little bit confused on the terms as we went through messaging. I didn't really see her too much as a... There wasn't a lot of reason for me to think that she does have daddy issues based on what he sent me. But I'm just going to read out a little bit of these first messages that he sent me regarding how they met. So, well, he didn't actually tell me whether they met through an app or whether they met through Cold Approach. I highly doubt it was Cold Approach because he doesn't come from the Cold Approach world. He's come from a totally different side of my channel. But I'll mention this. They went out once, they had fun, they kissed. She had been going through a breakup just before they met. That's uh, an interesting point. You might want to just tag that up in your mind. And then he goes, so maybe that's why we went out. But anyways, she seemed to be quite sad. She was on even on her period too at the time. So even more sad. I'm just going to screen this to make sure. Okay. At some stage early on in their meeting, within this first week or so, he went to her house, dropped off chocolates, box of chocolates, a love note, and even his hoodie. They kissed, but not for not long because they were scared that the parents might catch him. Okay. Okay. Doing my best to just say what you guys need to know here. He goes on to say, she has a lot of guy friends which he doesn't really like because he's pretty sure most of them have ulterior motives. And for some of my originals, you might be thinking, uh, I'll let you get your minds on indirect with intent to observe. But she got a lot of guy friends and I'm sure a lot of them are thinking happy. A lot of them got happy thoughts about her, okay? He initially just, this in this first message, just reached out to say, what do I do with this girl? Uh, do I take her out? He said, I know you said, don't overdo it. But if I give her attention, she gives back. If I don't message, she doesn't message. 
or find something else to do. However, at times, I feel she's using me to pay for stuff, mainly. Like she wants new shoes, nails, shopping, airtime, all this stuff. I don't want to be used at the same time. What do you think? I'm afraid that if I treat her too nice, she'll lose whatever she feels towards me. So initially, that was just a message between me and him. He also asked me to keep that private. I mean, he's referred to as ex. This could be anyone's story. But, and so I never actually used this for a social Q&A back at the start of the year. You guys are only just hearing this for the first time. The only reason why I gave you that background is because it's actually quite important to today's story when he comes three months forward to today, messaging me today. And now you see the inception of their relationship. You can see from the beginning, this is some just points to focus on. He was already worried from the beginning that she was using him. When you guys hear the message that he sent me today, that's really important to note because it's not just like it just started, that she just started showing these behaviors of manipulation and and uh, leech mentality, that sucking mentality of just using him for his resources. It's not something new. This is something that he mentioned from right from the beginning. Really important there. Another thing to mention right from the beginning is that she has a lot of male friends. Not a problem. However, he got an intrinsic feeling that they have ulterior motives that were happy on her. Right from the beginning. Just keep those things in mind. So, now we fast forward. That was that was at the start of the year. Now we fast forward to just last week. He sends me an, a much, much more upgraded message here. So, he goes, Hey, Adam. I hope you're well. So, recently, me and the girl I told you about had a fight because this girl was a party girl. Like, when I tell you she... Hang on. I had to pause here. His English is not very good, so I apologize if the rest of this message is a little broken. We had a fight because this girl was a party girl. Like when I tell you every party she would be there, she'd be drunk, kissing slash pulling guys. Her friends even refer to her as a party hoe and in a bad way. Now we've been dating for over a month and honestly, she can't go clubbing because of lockdown restrictions but I told her how I feel about her doing it and the clubbing. She feels that I'm not allowing her to have fun and restricting her and she has no privacy anymore and I'm too controlling and she spent two hours crying because I shouted at her about making TikToks about her feels for her ex and not allowing her to party. Adam, if this girl parties, she will end up being disloyal, cheating, or something unintentional. And I feel I am too protective and somewhat caring and listen well to a point where she calls me obsessive. See, I should have a higher role because in the month we have been dating, I pay for our $100 lunches. Take her shopping, buy her books, even bought clothes for her mom. Yet she told her mom that she bought it, in brackets. She hasn't told her parents in brackets, mum, in brackets, about me. She hasn't told her mum about me. She says they're too strict, yet she used to go partying every night. She dresses anyhow and... The English. She dresses any way that she wants, literally always free to go out. That was his fireball message that came straight at me. I asked a whole bunch of contextual questions. 
And I'm actually going to read out these questions for you. Sometimes I skip over them, but it's important because he actually dodges a lot of these questions, which subconsciously tells me a few things. So I asked him, have you set up clear expectations of the relationship? Have you both agreed to being in a closed and locked monogamous relationship? And if you've only been in quotes dating for a month, why are you financially investing in her so heavily? He got back to me and he said, we've made the boundaries and it is set. However, she wants to be a hoe. <laughs> That's literally what is word for word. Okay, let me say that again because it doesn't even seem real like the way that he just wrote that. But this is literally word for word what I'm reading. He says, we've made the boundaries and it is set. However, she wants to be a hoe. Like she jokes about wanting to star and OnlyFans. I mean, her hero is Anna Paul with a question mark. A girl who only got clout because of fans, because of OnlyFans. I invest in her because there's so much competition. And spending on her has sort of made her feel obligated to me? Question mark. But I made it clear that I can't always spend on her and I haven't always spent on her, but I enjoy my time with her. But I questioned that because her ex was the one in the wrong. If he ever comes, wants to come back into the relationship, she will jump for him. So again, the English is a little broken there. English is a little broken there, but what he's attempting to say is what I feel that he's saying is that even though her ex mistreated her, he feels that she has a sentiment of ropes are still attached, that if he decides to ever come back to her, she would jump shit pretty quickly. That's what I'm getting from him there. So that was the end of his message, and I hit him back because he didn't answer all my questions. And I said, you haven't answered the question of, have you both agreed to a closed and locked monogamous relationship? Plus, what are the boundaries you've set? All he said was that he set boundaries. And that's what I meant before that, he, I, listen, we have to give him a little bit of the doubt that English is definitely not his first language, yet there were very specific questions and I, the way that I formatted them in my message were clearly separated. Like, this is question one, this is question two, this is question three, answer them. And he did not answer the questions about the nature of their relationship. So I hit him back because that's really important. He then followed up by saying to my question of, are you, have you entered a closed and locked monogamous relationship? And what are the boundaries you have set with her? He goes, yes. Like I told her no talking to other guys because she's scared. I told her before you go anywhere, tell me. And for me, well, I guess it's unspoken boundaries because she knows I won't cheat. Again, broken English, let's repeat that because that didn't even makes sense to me. But this is what I'll do. I'll read it for you guys first and then I'll try and read package it so he's told her the boundaries essentially is what he's saying the boundaries in their relationship he told her you can't talk to other guys because she's scared i told her before ah that's what he meant that's what he meant he said because she's scared i told her before you go anywhere tell me that's what he meant that basically anywhere she has she wants to go anywhere she wants to go she has to tell him before she does it that's the boundary that he set the other boundary that he set is that she's not allowed to talk to other guys. So, listen, I'm not, we're not going to break this down yet. I'm just trying to get through the story, but hopefully you guys are just red flag, red flag, red flag, pinning things in your mind of like, okay, now we can see why she might be treating him this way, why breakdown in a relationship is starting to happen. Remember, just remember, he's 18 years old. She's 17. 
and look at the boundaries that they're setting in this relationship. You can tell the questions are going to get heavy. The tests are going to get heavy. So, So, and the final bit of the boundaries, which is really interesting. So, boundary one, she can't talk to other guys. Boundary two, she can't go anywhere before telling him. Boundary three, which is the only boundary for him, is that I guess it's unspoken boundaries for me because she knows I won't cheat. So effectively, what he's trying to say is that he hasn't exclusively, explicitly, I should say, stated any boundaries for himself because he knows and he thinks that she knows he won't cheat. So he's completely skipped and yeah. Okay, let's pause that because that's going to be a huge red flag when we get to it later on, okay? I I know you guys can already sense the issues with that. So a couple days later, he gets back to me and he says, Hey, Adam, hope you're well. She posted a questionnaire on her Instagram. And so many guys she used to FW with are still FWing with her on there. Pause. I don't know what the fuck FW means. I had to go and research that. You kids. You kids, you can't even say fuck with. That's what I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who doesn't know what FW means, but it's short for fuck with, apparently. So, oh my gosh, the younger generation are losing their minds. So, he says... She posted a questionnaire on her Instagram and so many guys she used to fuck with, not FW, fuck with, are still fucking with her on there. She's posting like something you'd post on OnlyFans, but with stuff covering her parts. I'm assuming nipples, vagina, that type of stuff. Okay. He then goes on to say, bro, it's embarrassing. She's probably using me for my money, but like I don't, No, because I don't always spend crazy on her, but I guess she knows I will spend. So many guys messaged and she replied to them and justified it by saying it was her brother's friends. But she blatantly broke the only rule and she'll justify it again by me sending her proof of some famous TikTok girl snapping me and me asking her what to do. So that, that's a little bit confusing in the way that he's written that as well. Essentially, I think what he's trying to say there is that when he tries to bring up the fact that he's not happy that all these guys are hitting her up on these uh, sexually provocative images and questionnaires that she's putting up on her Instagram, she fires back at him by saying, but what about that What about that TikTok biddy that was messaging and going in on you? So that's what I'm getting from that. The English is broken, but I'm doing my best to help you guys. If you guys have follow-up questions, if things are not making sense, we get a summary at the end. We're just we're just getting through it here, okay? We're just getting deep and we're just getting into this session. So just stay focused. After this TikTok spit thing, he then went on to say, Adam, what she's doing is wrong. I feel that I should ignore her. And if she FT me, just be really dry. I did my best to Google what FT means. I come out with nothing. I came out with absolutely nothing that could make sense in the context of that sentence. I don't know what FT means. If you guys are 18 years old and younger and you want to put it in the chat, please do. I don't know what FT means. Essentially, what he's trying to say is that he feels like he should ignore her because she's just being really dry about it. I think that's all he's trying to say. Going on. Guys, if you're going to send me stories and context, please use real English. <laughs> Don't use this TikTok language. Uh, he then goes on to say, It's unfortunate, but I have to do this with her. Compared to how she treats me? Question mark. 
we're in a relationship and she's replying to these stories like she's single. And I think what he means by that is these guys that are seeing her images, uh, seeing replying to her questionnaires with her doing sexy shit. And she's replying to them in his mind as if she's single. He then went on to say, but Lameo, she, I know that one, but she goes, but he says, but Lameo, she replied to one and said she's got a man, but replies to guys sliding. I think what he means by that is that she replies to guys sliding DMs. He then goes on to say, so then one guy told her, you just have a nice body, but an ugly face, <laughs> stop being stuck up. The only message message she sent me was his DM, who to which she used to reply to him prior to our relationship. I'm sorry for springing all of this on you. I feel like I can just talk to you. So let's just wrap that bit up there. What he's effectively trying to say in that part of the story is that she's now entered a different phase of behavior. At first, it was just that she was using him for his money. At first, she was just getting them lunches, getting them Louis Vuittons, whatever. But now- she has a taste for the social domain, for the public domain, that she's starting to express her sexual femininity in a more provocative way, putting out images, uh, giving ideas that she wants to become an OnlyFans girl. Now, for my, for, for my generation, for people who are of, I would say, mid-20s, mid-20s and older, this OnlyFans generation, this TikTok generation, it does, I'm sure a lot of you don't really know what that means. What does Adam mean when he says... She wants to become an OnlyFans girl. What does that mean? Listen, even I had to kind of research what that means. Uh, I will get more into that later. But for now, let's just call it that she wants to get paid to do to be a professional hot girl. She wants to get paid to be a professional hot girl. To what extent and to what level of hotness she will go to, you know, uh, one of my shout-outs to Kim, shout-out to at Kim the Barber, my, my, the best barber in the world. Kim was telling me the other day that there was a teacher – in the US, who was getting paid like six digit figures on OnlyFans. And that's how she was putting her kids through to school. And the school found out, and the parents were all showing everyone her OnlyFans page. And apparently it was like hardcore pornography as well. So I think there's levels to the OnlyFans game. I don't know. I've never I've never even been on their website. I've only heard it referenced in popular culture, OnlyFans. I've heard my clients in infield recordings say to girls, are you on OnlyFans? You see like an OnlyFans type of girl. So hopefully that gives you an idea of this OnlyFans thing. And if you guys just want to get an idea for it, this girl apparently idolizes one of the big OnlyFans girls called Anna Paul. Don't know who that is. Have a, have a, have a quick look. I don't know, but that's the phase, what I'm trying to describe here that she's entering. That she's trying to uh, put her body out there to be a professional hot girl. He's not happy with this. Not, and he hasn't given us ideas just at the beginning of the story that he's unhappy with it because of the pure fact that she just wants to use her body as a commodity and that's going to be her value point, her sexual market point uh, to be able to live, I guess, if that's what she's looking for or to be able to not work essentially in a different medium. This is going to be her work. That's not the issue that he's given us. The issue primarily centers on that he doesn't like other guys hitting her up for it. That when she puts these photos out, these questionnaires out, that it's when other guys slide DMs, it's when other guys send her messages that he knows they used to FT 
Oh no, FW. Fuck with. And so he's really concerned with her jumping ship, going to see another guy, going back to her ex, getting down with other guys, essentially. that's That seems to be more of the sticking point than just the fact that she's... Uh, yet, at the same time, I do believe that he probably does have an issue on a smaller degree with her sexual liberty. I, I can feel that. It's definitely under there, just because of something he said earlier on in the story to do with the way that she dresses. He mentioned it twice earlier in the story about she dresses the way that she wants and that also when she's out of the club with her girlfriends, uh, her girlfriends even call her a hoe, a party hoe, and that she kisses other guys and pulls them. See, there's a lot of issues going on in this story, isn't there? Maybe I should have taken notes. <laughs> no, I, I can, it's not that deep. It doesn't get that much deep. It's not like last week. So that's the second phase. We've been through two phases here. Phase one, just using me for money. Phase two, trying to now get public domain social clout for being a professional hot girl. Bam. Let's move to the next part of the story. This is getting hype. And even more so because, don't forget, he's from a royal family. She is not. She's a white girl. We can leave that for now. We'll come back to that. So, after he said that, I then hit him with the full shebang and given him the whole context questions. I said, I'll cover this in social Q&A for him, but I need to know some questions. I need to know how old you are. I need to know what your ethnic backgrounds are, what city you're from, how long you two been together. I even went as far as saying, please link me her Instagram profile so I can assess these questionnaires. Don't worry, I won't like, follow, or engage her at all. I just need to get an idea of what what are we dealing with here? What what I need to get a face to this because... This is now getting, This is, I just, not that I'd ever put it out here in public for you guys to see, but you guys know I like to dive deep and I want to get as much context as possible in the story. Like, is he overdoing it is what I'm saying. Because when I was his age, I used to get upset at my girlfriends for wearing short dresses. Yet now looking back, I'm like, what was wrong with you? It's like, what was wrong with you, Adam? She was just expressing her, uh, her natural femininity. What was wrong with you? Why were you so protective? So I wanted to see, get a first-hand account of what is this girl actually like? Is she to the degree of hoe that he's describing or is it not even close to that and he's really overplaying it? So that's why I asked for that. He got back to me saying that, yes, he's 18, she's 17. Really key to remember how young they are here. He mentions his ethnicity, which I, of course, have not told you guys, other than that is of an Asian descent of some kind. Could be Indian, could be Pakistani, could be Chinese, could be Japanese, could be Malaysian, could be Arab, could be bloody anything. But I'm not telling you. (laughs) I'm not telling you. It could be, he could be from the South Pacific Islands. I don't know. Well, you don't know. I know. But she's white and we definitely know that for sure. They've known each other since the beginning of the year. Now, in reference to me asking for the questionnaire, I want to see the photos she's putting up. I want to see what type of stuff she's doing. I want to see some of the responses possible as well that she's getting from other guys, if possible. He got back to me saying that she dead ass removed everything from her IG, question mark. Her account is now private too. See, we come from a royal family. It has its perks until it doesn't. I'm heir to the family business, name, etc. And with her behavior, reputation, in brackets, which I don't care about, I'm trying to help her to change, in brackets, she's ruining, mucking up the family name. It's bad. A lot of people have to complain, but she's the opposite. She says no, then leave me. 
okay, the English doesn't really make sense there. What he's trying to say is that when people complain about her behavior, she says, it's your problem. If you don't like it, leave me. That's essentially what he's trying to say. But he then goes on to say, but she doesn't mean it as a serious threat. She literally makes me beg for physical affection, then gives little back, and then complains. I'm very pushy. But I mean a woman's job is to satisfy her man? Question mark. She literally complains about that and frequently mentions how she hates physical attention and has no sex drive? Question mark. Which is lies. She's honestly a really manipulative person, in brackets, coming from my uncle, who is a mental health practitioner, in brackets, not going to mention the actual profession. She uses her past and what happens to her as an advantage. I think he's referencing being mistreated by her ex-boyfriend. There might be some deeper shit there as well. He hasn't told me. The only thing in his past or her past that he's mentioned is the ex-boyfriend mistreating her. Story's getting rich. This story's getting deep. He then goes on to say, Adam, she gave me her Insta. Now, I think he means he actually, she actually gave him access to it so that she could look at, he could look into it. He then went on to say, so she gave him her Insta. He goes, bro, that shit hurts. How many guys message her? She likes the messages. About four or five. Guys she used to vibe with messaged her yesterday about how they fuck with her, but she dotten enough of them. D-O-T-N. I googled the shit out of that. I don't there's no abbreviation for dotten. So I don't know if that's just a spelling error or if that is a deep, deep under 18-year-old reference that even Urban Dictionary doesn't have. But D-O-T-N. He said, guys, she used to vibe with Messenger yesterday about how they fuck with her. By the way, he still said FW. <sighs> how they fuck with her, but she dotten enough of them. D-O-T-N, enough of them. And she's like feeling mutual. And she's like feelings mutual. Bro, this girl, other guys just out there sliding. <laughs> and like, I didn't know you had a man. Like laughing. She broke boundaries and justifies it by me ignoring her yesterday, being dry and salty with her. Pain. Okay, guys, that was painful for me to even read. Like that was that was teenage lingo at another level. So what he actually was trying to say there in proper English was and not even just proper English, just like mature English. Because even white even white people would still I'm sure that some of you would use that language. Just it's a teenage mentality. She, let's recap that. Stage, stage three here. She gave him access to her Instagram. I guess he put the issue on her and she said, well, let me prove it to you that I'm not cheating on you. So she shows him the messages. Not that she said that, but that's the air. That's the, only, that's the, the vibe I'm getting. She shows him, gives him access to her DMs. He goes into DMs. There's four or five guys there that are clearly trying to slide in on her, aka they're trying to they're trying to lifeboat their way in. Right? They're trying to indirect with intent to observe their way in on this girl. Like I said, they're happy on this girl and they're trying to let her know without making a a direct move on that. 
they, as he goes on to say here, she likes their messages. The guys say that, oh, I didn't know you had a man, like laughing, but they do know. And so they're testing the water. That's how you know it's indirective intent to observe. It's very insidious, isn't it? Like, I wish one of them would just have the balls to even just tell her, listen, I know you got a man, but I like you. Like, that would be way better than what these other guys are doing. We'll get to that later. But anyway, so that that was that was it. That was the end of that that little section right there. And that he was very hurt by it. Uh, he couldn't believe that there was that many guys messaging her and that she was so receptive to them. Okay. I then responded by saying, listen, your English is very hard to understand. And not just your English, but your teenage lingo. If you could send me any screenshots showing examples of uh, these messages or of her profile, at least, that would really help me. And I'll be covering this on Monday either way. So, all right, <laughs> log, deep context, but very interesting. So we're going to get a full summary here. That's a there's, there's a lot of things that just ping off. A lot of red flags going on here. You know, almost, it almost makes me think maybe we should have taken notes or maybe I should break this down. But no, I think we've done a good enough job to break it into three different sections that I'm going to school you guys on now in the class Q&A. So now's the time. We'll get a full summary on the story. I'm going to hit you guys with questions, help you guys to learn, and most importantly, help provide a way forward, a remedy for this young, this young royal boy, this young royal boy who is very clearly not schooled on social dynamics and has a lot of growing and learning to do because when we talk about why girls use you or how to know if girls use you, now that's a question for you guys, actually. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that. But all I want to say there is that it's not as simple as her just being a manipulative person. There has to be a unlocking of something for that to be allowed for. So we're going to go hard on him here. There was, there was a lot of poor social behavior on his part and hers and hers, but on his part in there, which I'm very keen to dive into. So let me dive into the live chat right here and just address some of you guys. I saw a lot of you were dropping some chat during that story. It's good. Good to see you popping up. And if you guys are just joining in the session, don't forget to hit the thumbs up down below. Help support the channel. Help support the video. I want to just check in with some of you guys in the live chat and then we'll get in. I'll start asking you guys questions. I'm getting the content here. But what a story, right? What a story from... From the first ever person reaching out who came from royal descent. Does, like, like I said before, it doesn't really change the social dynamics of things until you consider why, why from her perspective and why she might be using him. But his social dynamics, you know, it's, you can see where, why he's doing what he's doing, comes, where it comes from. But anyways, I'll pause that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So I'm going to the chat here. After Tucker McCoon came in shouting out to the teriyaki boys, D had come in saying, this dude already sounds like he knows he's done with her. Yeah, at this stage, uh, he's at a breaking point for sure. W says, fuck with. Yes, thank you, W. We got that. Uh, Alois. Alois comes in saying, lol, an 18-year-old in love with the fucking bitch. Smile face. Uh, please try and keep it, uh, please try and keep it respect, respectful in here, my friend. I don't want to have to emit you from the chat. Let's be respectful to all people. Uh, w says, like, I agree with you that, yes, he is in love, but I'm not sure she's a, she's a fucking bitch just yet, okay? Let's, uh, let's level up our minds. Because the element I get from you there is that you're looking at it too one-sided. W looks like you're going to get schooled in this session as well. 
Jay Newling comes in saying, setting expectations and boundaries on his own and allow the feminine being in front of him to simply be and enjoy her for who she is. We never truly owned each other. Okay, Jay, you're way too many steps ahead in this discussion. I like what you say. I like what you say, but we're, we're not even there yet. <laughs> oh, boy. Aloise then comes in saying, yeah, man, just play the non-attached game in your 20s. And if you're lucky in life, do it the entire time. Although a relationship town will appear eventually and get you. I got captured, but currently considering if there's still a healthy... Okay. It's true. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, mate, but try and stay focused on what's going on here, okay? That's one thing. I always, I've never seen you in this live chat, but please try, try and stay focused on what we're talking about right here, okay? Jay New then comes in to say, straight off the bat, i got to say X is the one treating her like a hoe by buying her affection. So he's a bit of a sugar daddy leech himself if he truly wants a partner. He should, and then Jay, he said he should, but he didn't end his sentence there. Anyways, okay, so let's get to the beginning of the session. Let's go. There were three phases, essentially, and we're going to break it down phase by phase, which is why I wanted to give you guys that context of how they initially met, because how they initially met, there was issues from the beginning. So let me just recap it here. Let's recap. I guess we'll just recap stage by stage. Stage one, the way that they met. Let's break down these issues. So he said that, and keeping in mind, they're, they're very young, so some benefit of the doubt here for sure. But mistakes are mistakes, no less. He didn't say how they met, whether it was through a dating app or whether it was from friends and friends, I don't know, or cold approach. Definitely wasn't cold approach. He would have said that if it was. But let's assume it was either a dating app or friends or friends. They kicked it off. She had just come off a breakup with uh, her ex who apparently treated her very poorly. They had fun. They kissed. Within a week, he was going over to her place, dropping off boxes of chocolates, love notes, and a hoodie. So, my friends, first class question. What's the issue with that? What's the red flag in having only known a girl for a week, having kissed once? And yeah, let's say they they had a good time. Let's say they had a good connection. That's what he said. But... Nevertheless, within a week's span of time, going over to her place and dropping off boxes of chocolates, a love note, and his hoodie. This is a first-class question. While for some of the originals here, for some of my hardcores, you guys be able to knock this shit out of the park. But if you're not new, uh, if you're not an original of this uh, question, this might be a bit of a difficult question for him listening. He might not even understand why that's an issue, so I'm not going to breeze over these things that seem like such... such Second nature, like that's just such a clearly wrong move. That's such a big red flag that's going to cause issues later on down the track. I've always got to take in mind that some of you don't understand those things because he clearly doesn't. So give me an answer to that question. That's the first class question up in this chat. What is the issue with that, with that, with those types of investments, with that level of investment so early on in the relationship? What does that do? Okay. Jay New comes in saying, she can only use you if you're using her to fulfill a need. If you don't need her, there's nothing to manipulate you with. Okay, that's not relevant to this question. He's just speaking out loud. Brandon Camden comes in saying, I feel like that may come across as very needy and giving the woman all the power in the relationship. Very good, Brandon. Brandon, I don't know who you are. I don't think I've seen you in this live chat before, but thank you for a pretty good, pretty good answer. That's not bad at all. That's a very good answer to get us start start off with that. Yes, neediness, you hit a key word there, Brandon. 
And actually, even more so, Brandon, what I like about your answer is that you said come across as very needy. Because he may not necessarily be giving her the chocolates, giving her the hoodie, writing her the love notes because he is needy, but it can be very much portrayed as being needy. And there's a bit of a difference between the two in which that guys in social dynamics, especially boys underdeveloped, boyhood psychology, they don't necessarily do things with malintent. For example, in this situation, I don't think he was giving her the love note, giving her the chocolates, giving her the hoodie because he desperately needed her. But to the point of what you said there, Brandon, it still comes across as very needy. I deal with this with my younger clients quite a bit in which that they do what they feel is best, but what they feel is best based on their perspective and their perspective alone. They don't take into account the perspective of the other feminine being on the other side of this interaction and how their interaction, how their social dynamics, their actions and behaviors, mindsets would be received by them. So in his mind, playing it forward here, actually, I really like your answer even more now that we're fleshing it out here, Brandon. He's given her the chocolates. He's given her the hoodie. He's given her the love note purely because he just wants to show affection. He knows that she's just been fucked over by a guy previously. Ex-boyfriend treated her real bad. So he's just trying to shower her in love, shower her in comfort, care. Hey, I'll take care of you in that way. From his perspective, it's actually a really nice thing to do. It's not something of uh, insidious, toxic malintent of being so desperate to have her in his life. However, it can definitely be conveyed that way. And then more to what you said, Brandon, of giving the woman all the power in the relationship. I wouldn't go that far. I think that's where you're a little bit off, which is why that's not a 100,000 zenny answer, which, by the way, you guys, is the reward if you get an absolute fucking shit hot answer. If you nail an answer, I give you 100,000 zenny. That's why Brandon's answer is not 100,000 zenny, because I think you overstepped your bounds there, Brandon, by saying giving the woman all the power in the relationship. All the power is a little too much to be said there by that such an early stage in relationship. However, I will step you back and I will agree with you to a lesser extent of saying that it definitely opens the door for her to start to play on the power balance in the relationship in which that it would give her a signal, whoa, this guy is willing to invest quite deeply in me, not only on a financial level, like even like you guys might think, but even a fine, a, just giving a, a woman chocolates within the first week of knowing her doesn't seem like a huge financial investment monetarily. And for this guy who's from a royal family, no, it's not. It's not. I'm sure it means nothing to him. However, it's the perception of the investment. If he's willing to invest a box of chocolates now, what will he be willing to invest three months down the track, a year down the track? Audis. Louis Vuittons, et cetera, et cetera. It's more so, that's why I've got to step you back there a second, Brandon. It's the illusion of investment and the foreshadowing of what that would lead onto, which is quite important to consider. So that's why the chocolates is a huge issue in the week. While it may have only cost him 10 bucks for those box of chocolates, it's what it foreshadows later on in the relationship. Now, he does, I'm sure he's not aware of this at all. I'm sure he's just doing it because she knows he knows she's been in a bad place She's been really sad over this breakup. He's trying to make her feel good. He's watched a lot of movies. He's watched a lot of Western culture. And it seems to be in the rom-coms that that's the way to console a girl, to give her love notes, chocolates, and give her my hoodie. 
My friends, here's a good question for you. Let's, fall, let's play into this a little bit deeper because we're getting deep on this and it's good tactics. If of those three gifts that he gave her in the first week of knowing her, if we could eliminate two but keep one and I would give it a green tick, what would it be? Of the three gifts he gave her, love note, box of chocolates, and his hoodie. I'm telling you, because this is the beginning of the, of the chat, I'm making this question very easy. I'm already giving you 70% of the answer. Eliminate two of them, keep one. If you can give me the answer to that and explain why. Don't just say, ah, oh, it's that one. You explain why. You can have the right answer for the wrong reason. Explain to me why we would keep that one item and why I would say to him, that's how it should have been done if you were going to do anything. This would be a good way for you guys to learn and a good way for him to learn. Going into this chat. But thank you, Brandon, for the beginning of that answer. Now, I want to I follow up now. And actually, it could be for Brandon, for you. It'd be good for you to follow up on that. Uh, hit me up with it. But the rest of you in the chat, come in. Come in. Pipe up. Start, start answering these questions. Jay New comes in saying, all that's left is real psychological connection, physical or lack thereof. Okay, it's got nothing to do with this question. So, <laughs> okay, Jay. Uh, on a journey, I us call him journey, says... You are setting expectations that you are spending money. Yes, and I think he put that in prior to this question. So that was just on the foreshadowing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's good. You could, you could see the foreshadowing of what's going to happen with expectations. So my friends, it's a not a hard question. It's an easy question. Of the three gifts that he gave her, omit two of them, omit two of them, and keep one, and he probably would have been okay. The fact that he gave her chocolates, and see, this is how deep we go into these these stories, we unpick absolutely everything, especially at the beginning, because this is what leads to all the issues going down later. Hoodie, love note, chocolates. Two of them can be thrown in the bin straight away, and that should never be invested at that stage of the relationship so early on because of the expectations and the foreshadowing it sets up. But there was one thing in there, there was one thing in there that if he was going to give her anything, that would be okay. It wouldn't necessarily be a huge red flag if anything, based on the connection between the two, it might actually be recommended. Okay. We get Adi coming in saying, hold up. What are the gifts? My vi- <laughs> What are the gifts? My video cut out. So the three gifts that he gave her, as I've, I've said like a hundred times now, uh, hoodie, love notes, box of chocolates. Jay New comes in with the first answer of his question saying, hoodie, especially if it is his because... It's free, but also is an item of perceived sentimental value requiring very little effort early on. Boom. Nailed it. Straight up. And then actually Adi comes in straight after that saying, oh, okay, keep the hoodie. Seems most okay at the first week of knowing him. So Adi, you didn't give me an explanation for why. You would have to explain to me why it's most okay, but Janu's already done that for you. So that's a really easy question. That's not 100,000 any answer question. That's a really easy question, but it might not be easy for him. So Jay New has come in perfectly by saying the perceived sentimental value. And Jay New actually went pretty far as to say as well that as long as it's his hoodie. Absolutely. As long as he wasn't going to the extent of buying her a new hoodie, that would just completely fuck it up and we would admit that as well. That's just as bad as the chocolates and the love, and the love note. Way too much investment too early on, foreshadowing signs of how she will be able to manipulate the power balance moving forward. And giving her reason to do so. 
especially if she knows you're from royal descent. And that's where that starts to play in. Now, coming into what Jay Nu was saying, perceived sentimental value. The one reason why the hoodie is okay is because it's the one thing that isn't dependent upon a financial investment. It's an investment of your emotion. But actually, let me take that back because then you might say, well, not take that back. Let me play a little deeper into that because then you might say, what about the love note? That's not financial. No, it's not. But the problem with the love note was the degree of the emotional investment. So if you look at the degree of emotional investment of just giving her your hoodie versus the degree of emotional investment of writing an entire love note after only knowing her for a week, what's the, what's the extent? A hoodie's not that bad. Like you can live your life. You can do everything you would normally do knowing that your favorite hoodie or even just a hoodie that you like is with this girl. You can still carry on in your daily purpose of exacting power in this world, of using powerful actions to help serve the beings of his life. You can still do all that knowing that your hoodie is at some girl's house. You cannot do that to the same degree, especially in such a short time frame if you've just given a woman a love note. Your mind is going to be on her the entire time. You're going to be thinking, what does she think about it? Is she going to write me back one? You know, should I write another one? Did I say it right? Did I say the right words? Is it? And it's all day long, it's going to be taking up RAM in your background processes. The degree of emotional investment is what I'm speaking of, which is why the love note is no go. Uh, X, our royal X here, you need to understand that I'm not flaming you for wanting to be a good guy, a nice guy for making her feel better early on in the relationship after having just been broken up with her ex. I'm not flaming you for that. What I'm flaming you for is a overinvestment of emotions where you don't even know each other, where on your social hierarchy, you're so low on each other's hierarchy. And so what you're doing is opening up the gates, the floodgates, that if you were with a woman who is manipulative, who does like to take advantage of guys by default, you've already just, you've given her a layup. You've given her all the, all the kindling, all the ammunition she needs to just go to town here. And as we find out through the rest of his story, that's the kind of girl that you're with. Now, I want to put it, make it really clear here. Not every girl is like this. You could, in a different, if we could rerun the situation again with X meeting a different girl who wasn't so manipulative, he probably could have got away with some of these mistakes and it wouldn't have ended up the way that it has ended now. But the reason why it has ended up the way it has now is because he happened to find a thorny rose. He happened to find a thorny rose in which that was willing to take advantage. So him by dishing out this love note, dishing out these boxes of chocolates and giving her the hoodie as well, you know, as a trifecta, it's just, it's the trifecta of hell. It's the trifecta of hell in which that when she sees that, she goes, not only have I got a royal family member here and he's young, but he's willing to invest so heavily in me, not just on a financial level, but on an emotional level as well. This guy's in my hands. This guy's in my hands. So we're not even at the stage of passing judgment on her actions. We're purely on him. We're passing judgment on his actions, getting clarity on where his mistakes were. So X, hopefully you can see that from the beginning. When you begin a relationship with a girl, and I remember, he's not a man. He's a young boy. He's 18. He's got to make these mistakes. We all did. I made these mistakes when I was your age, my friend. One thing you need to learn from this the most is that if you are going to invest anything in a girl early on, it is going to be emotional, not financial. So that's going to be emotions, either they come through the way of your heart or your presence. 
in, in the sense of that this is how I care and feel about you or in that this is how I am with you now. What does that look like? A hoodie, yeah, okay, maximum. A rug that you guys had that night when you're down at the beach or you're down on the, uh, it started raining and she got out of the car, so you give her your jacket, say, hey, give it back to me later. That's okay, that's fine, all right? There's a little emotional investment in there, but it's not so deep to the point where you're really overstepping yourself and making it seem like, as Brandon had come in nicely with, coming across as very needy, even though that's not why you're doing it. So you always need to check yourself, X, on are the actions I'm doing, how are they being perceived? How are they likely to be perceived? Even if the intent is good, even if the intent is just to shower her of love, that's fine. However, how will it be perceived, particularly by someone who is of a manipulative nature, which at the stage you didn't know? So you always need to account for that. Good. Good first question. Good first question. Good to see that a few of you have switched on there, Jay New and uh, Brandon, for sure. Ray Light Palm comes in saying, keep the love note because that would show her his intention. Big red X. Big red X, but he may have said that before we explained why the love note is such a bad option. Uh, better luck next time, my friend. Brandon Cam then comes in to say, I think eliminate the chocolate and the love note. Good. Good, Brandon. The hoodie is a kind gesture and shows affection, eliminating the need for the love note. Well said. And the chocolate doesn't have much thought behind it. Good. He also then says, and I second Johnny on the reason to give the hoodie. Yeah, Johnny gave the best answer to the hoodie, the sentimental value. W says the note would come across as too strong. Correct. Tony Tran up in here says, oh, nice hoodie at the start. Then note later on, screw the chocolates, ha ha. Yeah, the note doesn't need to come until you guys form a tremendous emotional connection. Uh, love notes should not be coming until real love has been born. You're going to need to go through some shit for that to come to come through. Adi then comes and saying, honestly, though, I feel like I would eliminate all three. Unless there was someone that prompted giving the hoodie, I don't see why you should do that. Yeah, I don't mind that as well, Adi. I gave you reasons just before of why you would give a hoodie to a girl. It's starting to rain outside. It was cold at the beach when you dropped her off, etc., etc. There are definitely reasons. You wouldn't just do it for the sake of doing it. You wouldn't just listen to this and go, oh, I heard Adam say it was such a cool name. It's good to give the hoodie in the first way. No, no, it's not good to give the hoodie. If it's prompt to give the hoodie, then give the hoodie, right? You don't just rock up at a place and say, by the way, here's, here's my hoodie. No, it's, there has to be an organic, serendipitous reason for doing so. Basics, my friends, basics. Let's move on. To, this is like a really minute, small detail Yet I could see how f- you've seen in this chat how far people can be off, let alone him. It's like people don't understand the basics of social dynamics, which is why we need to go over this. I know for the hardcores who are here every week that have been getting schooled over the last year and a half, you might think that this is just shrimp change. Like, this is just low level sh- shrimp shit. Can we get to the difficult stuff? Because the difficult stuff comes later on when we start to talk about ideas of relationship boundaries and the sexual freedom that he's allowing her versus what he's allowed. That's the more advanced questions that will come later on. But we always start social Q&As with the easy questions. I know, but these questions are really easy. So please, for my hardcores who are on the podcast right now, stay with us. Don't tune out. Stay focused. Remember when you were learning as well. This is important stuff. It's always good to go over the fundamentals anyway. And by the way, if you guys are enjoying the fundamentals, drop a thumbs up on this video down below. And uh, if you listen to this in post, drop me a comment as well with your feedback. So moving on, moving on past this. So he had that huge emotional and financial, uh, perceived financial investment off the beginning. 
We then find out as they start to hang out with each other, just dating to begin with, she starts to show signs of the manipulation. She starts to expect that when they go out to these lunches, he's going to drop money, that he's going to start to buy clothes for her, that it was even an, an example of her, of him buying clothes for her mum, yet she didn't even cred him, that she told her mum that it was her that bought the clothes. So this is where the manipulation really starts to build in here. He keeps justifying throughout his messages to me that, but it's not that I can do it all the time, but that's not the issue. My friends, here, this brings us to the next question in social Q&A life. Now that we're starting to enter the back end of phase one in just the way that they're meeting and we're starting to enter the first signs of real manipulation here, with him paying for expensive lunches, remember, you guys might, like if you're a late 20s, 30s, you might say, but a $100 lunch isn't that expensive. Like, shit, you can go to a steakhouse and drop $70 on a tomahawk easy. Like, and that's not even, and that's without sides, you know, like, so... But you got to remember, he's 18. Now, he's 18 from a royal family. Maybe $100 doesn't mean a lot to him, but she's she's not of royal descent. She's a white girl. $100 to her probably is perceived in a different way. You know, this is where we just have to take in a few different things here. Please try and hold that balance in uh, societal status, in financial status between the two. While a $100 lunch to him might not be that much, or if you're an older guy, and you're used to, you know, spending more on a lunch, just with your friends or family or whatever, not necessarily on a woman, necessarily, you know, just in general, you're used to that. But he's with a younger girl who's 17, she's white, not of royal descent, maybe not necessarily that well off. She's going to perceive that in a different way. So here comes the next question. When it comes, when when she's starting to see these signs, he's willing to drop money on the lunch, he's willing to buy her clothes, buy her mom clothes, Okay, I want to, let's step up the difficulty in the question here. What does this do to the balance of power in the relationship between the two? Just by him and, and asterisks, it's not all the time. He keeps saying in his messages to me, it's not that I spend crazy on her all the time. And he did actually go as far to drop in a little, actually, no, I'll, uh, I'll hold that because that would actually answer the question for you guys. I'll hold that. But please answer this next question for me. When he starts to drop money on her, lunch, shopping, etc., what does that do to the power balance in the relationship? They're young, but it still it still changes the balance of power. And it also does something because not only is she manipulating him, but is she manipulating him because that is her default nature? Or is she manipulating him because there is a change in the balance of power? That is what this question is now targeted at. Because if we can look at and understand the balance of power in the relationship between the two, the idea of her being this evil dark being, just manipulating him and he's this white knight of golden nature, that starts to just fall away. And now you can start to see why she would do this. So what happens to the balance of power? This is an open-ended question. There's no one answer to this, but you're going to have to hit me with a few different keys to get the correct answer. Okay? So take it where you will. Have a shot. Have a shot. And you might even just have to put yourself in that situation. What if I was of royal descent, absolutely loaded, and I started spending big, even if it's not overtime, but spending big on this girl I barely know, and she's not of that background. 
What would that do in the balance of power if I was in that relationship? It's interesting. Okay, let's go up into this chat. Who we got? We got we got the Jelly Donut Man, Takumi Kun, coming and saying, Oh, good, Adam. I always appreciate going over the basics again. Thank you, T. Thank you for sounding that out. T's the uh, original, so T's. Uh, and yeah, basics are important for sure. T then comes and say after that, one of my friends actually just made a mistake very similar to this, investing way too quickly after just mating. Oh, it's like... It's one of the most rookie mistakes you can make, yet it's still the most pervasive. You see it all the time. Because it's different when you're in it. It's different to when you're in it. You can very easily see when your friend is fucking up in a early on in a relationship, and you can very quick to tell him and break down all the mistakes he's making until you're the one doing it yourself and you have the emotions. So... I had a question about the balance of power. I wanted to know, what is the balance of power? What changes the balance of power when he starts to invest very heavily financially in her? Brandon Cam comes in with the first answer saying, I don't think the manipulation is intentional at this point. Something I see here may be what us nice guys call covert contracts. What is the reason, what is the reason he spends money on her? Is he expecting her to express love? and affection to him in return? Who is the manipulator here? Good thoughts. Good thoughts, Brandon. You didn't actually answer my question at all, so I can't give you any money for that. can't give you any zenny for that. You haven't really answered anything to do with the balance of power. However, you've definitely asked some good questions here. I like the questions that you've asked because I've, in previous social Q&As, referred to this as the spider and the web, uh, the spider and the prey. And which one is the one spinning? We've actually had a deep Q&As where people went, argued quite a bit about this. Who's the spider and who's the prey? And so that's kind of what you're speaking to there. But anyways, not really the question that we're on right now. Not quite relevant, but thanks for bringing it up. Axel comes in here saying, she has the power since he's investing in her. But he has the power when he starts to leave her or lose interest in her because of his assets that he has. Hello, Sensei. I am back from a journey. Good to have you, Exil. Haven't seen you in a while. And that's not a bad answer as well. Not perfect. Well, not, not exactly what I'm looking for. But you've opened up the door, at least on the balance of power here. You're, you've actually, Exil, just in perfect timing, described the spider and the prey analogy that we've uh, discussed before in terms of which one's the spider and which one's the prey. So, but what I'm really trying to get down to is here is that just what, what changes in the balance of power? What could have been an organic relationship balanced well, in which that both people recognize power in each other. Now, all of a sudden, when one starts to invest very deeply on the other, something happens there. That's all I'm trying to get to here. I want to understand. I want you guys to understand what that is. Adi comes in to say, I think what it's done is set the pace of what to expect in the relationship. Hit a key word there, very good. And it seems like when he eventually pulls back, she will pull back herself in order to return to that place. Yo, okay, there we go. Yeah, all right, that's 100,000 steady. Yeah, all right, AD, first one of the session. All right, so that's a good answer. I had to think about it there for a second, but no, you hit two keys there. So AD hits the first 100,000 steady answer, uh, which basically, guys, if you're new to this session, just means it's a fucking... Sh- Good answer. 
It's it's an answer that hits the key points I needed you to hit, and it's original in your own words. So, Adi, when he says, I think it's set the pace of what to expect in a relationship, I needed you, any of you, to hit the word expectation. And if you could hit the word pace as well, even better. If you could hit the speed, if you could hit the progression of what is to be expected, that's money. That's exactly what's going on here. But more so, you'd have to follow it up with the the rebound effect. You wouldn't get 100,000 answer, 100,000 is any answer to that question if you couldn't hit me with the rebound effect. So what a D then went on to say was, and it seems like whenever he eventually pulls back, she will pull back herself in order to return to that place. That's the rebound effect. That's the rubber band that I'm talking about here in which that that's what makes it a complete answer from a D. So well done, a D. Let's step it back out here. What's going on? He's dropping money on the lunches, on the shoes, on the clothes. He sets a certain pace and expectation of which that that must be delivered in order to transact and to ensure to something that, was it Exil? Yes, it was, who early on had said, was it Exil? Oh, no, no, I think it was branded actually, about what would be coming in return of that, her love, her affection. We're not there yet though, but something. He definitely has something. He's something in mind. He is buying something from her. If he's aware of it or not, we don't know yet. We'll break that down later in the podcast. That's a few too many stones ahead. But for now, he's setting expectation and pace in which that emotional and financial investment is to be dished out. There's a rebound effect to that. There's going to be a repercussion to that if it is taken away, which is what Adi said. So what if we get to the point X in which that you get fed up with this? What if she breaks the contract? What if she breaks the T's and C's of your relationship in which that she wasn't meant to be speaking to other guys, wasn't meant to be seeing other guys, but now she's doing all of that. Now she's completely turning her back on me. Well, I'll turn the tap off then. No more shoes, no more lunches. I'll turn the financial and emotional investment as well off. I'll go dry on her. I'll go salty on her. Ah, Getting more to later on this story. There's going to be a repercussion to that. She's not going to take that lying down. The reason why she's not going to take that lying down is because of exactly what was said and expected and because she knows if I got it once, I get it again. That's this type of girl. She's a manipulative girl right from the beginning. Now, I'm very careful to call someone uh, manipulative. I'm very careful to put a, a def- definitive label on that until we have ample evidence. There is ample evidence on, in this off the bat that all the different examples of of uh, of her getting him to spend on her and then not even crediting him and et cetera. It's always littered throughout the story. We can definitely say that this girl at this stage in life is definitely executing very manipulative behavior. Okay? That's what she is doing. So, Adi, you nailed that very well because there's going to be a rebound effect, especially when you said that in order for her to get back to that, she's going to pull away. And what's so perfect about that, Adi, is that I don't know if you've been here from the beginning, but that's actually what she does. If you stay for, if you're here from the beginning of the podcast, or if you stay for the rest of his podcast, you find out how she treats him later on. The point of that question was balance of power. What does that do? Let me see if any of you answered, uh, gave any other really good answers, but Adi, first 100,000 is any answer. Yes, sir. Okay, Journey comes in saying how to come out of it. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. T comes in saying, balance of power would go towards him. She would feel some debt to him, and that might make her uncomfortable. 
What? Excuse me, Nani? Let me read that again. Balance of power would go towards him. She would feel some debt to him, and that might make her uncomfortable. Ah, no, no, no. Completely wrong direction, T. <laughs> and then T then goes on to say, ah, I got it wrong. <laughs> yes, you did. That's a big boo-boo on your point, my friend. Uh, that's okay. That's a flat tire right there. Uh, no, you're you're coming from way too angelic, empathetic place towards her there, T. If, T, you would be correct if she wasn't of the manipulative nature that she is. If she, uh, but then we wouldn't be having this discussion. So, no, nah, definitely a red X there. Brandon Cameron comes in saying, love that, D. Yeah, good. Support each other. That's what I'm talking about. And then D comes in saying, thanks, Brandon and Adam too, with the prayer. All right. Now the energy's picking up. Let's go. So, let's move on to stage two here. I'm going to have to refer back to his message. Let me get this back up. So, stage two, well, let's just recap stage one. Stage one, we've got the profile on him and her. He's willing to financially and emotionally invest in her to quite a degree right from the beginning. Is it because he comes from a royal family and that's just the way they do things? Hey, listen, we can discuss why he might be doing it way later on this podcast. All we're doing right now is breaking down what's going wrong and potentially a little bit later on why that may be happening. And then towards the end of this podcast, what to do instead, how to move forward, how we can ensure this young boy develops into a man. And hopefully he's already starting to pick up on how many mistakes he's making. But stage one, effectively, yes, she has a manipulative nature. However, it is being enabled by him. And that it also is... As Adi said very well, it's setting up expectation and pace of expectations that is only going to aggravate her manipulative nature. So you can see it's neither one versus, it's neither one or the other. It's not just that he's being solely taken advantage of or that she is just the absolute devil. Her manipulative nature is being fostered by his willingness, proclivity, his overindulgence in investing on such an highly deep financial and emotional level. That's stage one. That just sets up the parameters of their relationship. Now we're going to get into when shit hits the fan between them two. Because at this stage, hasn't been that much of an issue. Now we get to the OnlyFans. <laughs> we get to the OnlyFans. If you have an OnlyFans subscription as a young boy, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, I guess it depends who you're subscribed to. But if you're if if you're subscribing to just to hot girls, like what are you doing? What are you doing? Fucking man, listen, that's a whole different discussion. If you guys, when we get to open Q and A, want to discuss what that does to a young boy uh, being subscribed to an OnlyFans, we've uh, we can discuss that later on in open Q and A. Okay, let's move to stage two of this podcast now when she starts to hit the fan, when she starts to change the terms and conditions of this relationship. And now we're going to get into the boundaries being broken. Okay. So, phase two. I'm just going to recap you some of the things that he said. They had a fight. Him and this girl had a fight. He goes on to say that she's a party girl and that she goes to every party. And when she does, she gets drunk, she kisses, in brackets, pulling guys, and that her friends even refer to her as a party hoe, in a bad way. They've been dating for over a month. He told her how he feels about all this. She feels that he doesn't allow her to have fun, that he's restricting her, she has no privacy, and that he's too controlling. 
She spent two hours crying because he shouted at her because she made TikToks about her feels for her ex and not allowing her to party. So that's an interesting thing right there. Like, So we want to break that bit down on its own. Yeah, okay. But no, no. Hang on, there's more to it. There's more to it than that. Let's let's not stop that there. Let's keep going. He goes on to say, Adam, if this girl continues to party, she'll end up being disloyal, cheat, or doing something unintentional. He says that he feels that he is too protective and somewhat caring and listens to the point where she calls me obsessive. See, and then he goes on to say, so I should have a higher role in her life because the month we've been dating... I pay for our $100 lunches, take her shopping, buy her books, boil clothes, etc., etc. She dresses however which way she wants. Okay. This is when I hit him with the questions about, okay, but what, what is the nature of your actual relationship? Because he said they've been dating for a month. And he, got, he gets back at me and he never really, he didn't actually directly answer the question. I asked him, are you eating clothes and lock monogamy? What are the boundaries of your relationship? What have you guys set? He used the word boundaries before, by the way. That's not my word. He goes on to say, we made boundaries. However, she wants to be a hoe. Uh, she's joking about wanting to start an OnlyFans. Her hero is Anna Paul, who only got her clout because of OnlyFans. I invest in her because there's so much competition. And spending on her has sort of made me feel obligated to me. Spending on her has made her, has sort of made her feel obligated to me. But I made it clear that I can't always spend on her. I enjoy my time with her, but I question that because her ex was the one in the wrong. If he ever wants to come back, she'll be willing to jump in for him. Okay, now we can pause it. Now comes the next questions. Huge red flags. Huge red flags coming in here. There's a lot of micro red flags there, yet there's one big one that stands out amongst all of them. And it lies within his specific phrasing of... I invest in her because there's so much competition. Spending on her has sort of made her feel obligated to me. My friends in live Q&A, can we please dive into this? What is the red flag in that mentality? What is the issue in his perception of what his financial investment is and the role of that in the relationship? You really need to just hear that a few times over, eh? He's explicitly stated that she wants to be a hoe. That she wants to start an OnlyFans and her hero is some OnlyFans queen called Anna Paul. He invests in her, in his words, I invest in her because there's so much competition. Spending on her has sort of made her feel obligated to me. With a question mark. It seems like a rhetorical question for me to ask you what is the red flag in that mentality. Yet, it's so painfully obvious that he doesn't understand that. So we need to break this down, and I will go to town on this. I will go to town on this. It is a fundamental. Is it basic? What is the issue with saying that I invest in her because there's so much competition? I invest in her because there's so much competition. That's the exact words. And spending on her has made made her feel obligated to me. You could pick that apart in in a hundred thousand different ways, and you'd probably be correct. It's just littered in insidiously dark red flags that are just going to cause so many issues in this guy's relationship, not only with her, but definitely moving forward.
Okay, let me get some answers to that question. Exil comes in saying, I just joined and boy, I've missed a lot of context. Yeah, if you missed the story, you missed out on it a lot. Okay, Brandon Can comes in saying, it sounds like he's literally trying to buy her loyalty. Good, good, I like that. It's true. Shit. Yeah, it's true. Trying to buy loyalty, it's not a bad one. A D then comes in saying, seems like he's treating her like a stock he's put money in and he, in quotes, deserves, in quotes, a quality relationship out of it. Even better, D. Even better. You're on point this morning, D. You're starting to line up with a couple good answers. Brandon then comes in saying, it's like he believes his money has more value to her than he does. You know, that's interesting you say that, Brandon, because I both agree and disagree with you as aggressively as each other. I agree with you in that that's what his actions say, but it's not what his emotions say. It's not how he feels. His actions are definitely conveying that his money has more value to her than he does, yet at the same time, he says to us that he feels like he cares a lot for her, listens to her to the point of obsession, and really just wants the best for her, not that he said in those words, but that's the idea that he's giving at an emotional level. So I agree and disagree with you. It's a, there's, a, there's quite a Harvey Two-Face, a, quite a uh, bipolar nature going, in, going within him. His actions don't really reflect, well, maybe they do. Maybe they do because of his royal descent, because of his cultural background. Maybe the only way he's been taught to convey emotional truth and emotional confection Confection, affection, is by doting upon and by investing financially. Maybe he just comes from a world in which that connecting heart to heart with someone, learning to feel them, learning to breathe with them, learning to look deep into their eyes and enter their soul. Maybe that's not the currency he's been brought up on to connect with another human being. Maybe the currency he's been brought up on is ones and zeros. It's ones and zeros, and that's how I tell a woman that I love her. That's how I tell a woman that you mean something to me and that I care about you. So we, it's quite a... There's, there's a lot of moving pieces going on in here because remember, he's 18. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a young boy. And so he's been taught this by other people. He didn't just come up with this shit on his own. You don't just come up with this shit on your own that you start paying for lunches and buying shoes and clothes and start trying to, in your words, uh, Brandon... Buy her loyalty. Buying loyalty is a conditioned behavior. You learn that from your older brothers, from your older brother's friends, from your fathers, from your father's friends, uncles, etc. You see how the other masculine beings around you go about their business with the females and you emulate that at his age. So buying loyalty, I agree with you. uh, But is that necessarily how he feels inside? I don't think so. I don't think so. uh, More to Adi's point though, Adi when he said, Seems like he's treating her like a stock he's put money in and he deserves a quality relationship out of it. I really like that answer, D, because of the word deserves a quality relationship out of it. I like that because it speaks to probably a more accurate part of his mentality in the return on his investment. What does he expect from putting all his time and money into it? And that kind of builds on to the next part of the story when I hit him harder on the boundaries. So I want to see if any of you else came in with good answers. If not, 
We're going to hold on to what Adi just said there and get to what the actual boundaries were. Because when we get to the actual boundaries, things get even worse. T comes in saying scarcity mindset. Uh, that's only two words, T. So it's a very general. doesn't mean much. Uh, Ray of Light Pam comes in saying it seems he's already put it on a pedestal. So Ray of Light, you're on the same wavelength as T. I agree with you both to his kind of, but it's way too general. You'd have to explain much more in depth into that. Jay New then comes in saying he believes she's the spider who is taking his resources without admitting that he's trying to establish the obligation as his own spider behavior. The obligation does not come from her part. That is his interpretation of his investments. She most likely understands his intentions better than himself. Ah. And is responding with manipulation of her own. I like that, Jay. I like that last bit. He then went on, Jay knew they went on to say, this is not a relationship. This is a psychological warfare. Or this is psychological warfare. More importantly, even if he doesn't intend total malice, she can easily interpret it as such. She is right to assume that he is being controlling. But rather than fighting fire with fire, she should call him out on his actions and intent in order for him to reflect. Yeah, and we're not there yet for the remedy. That's too many steps ahead because we haven't fleshed everything out. But prior to that thing that you just said, Jay, everything else that you said, I definitely agree with. I definitely agree with, particularly when Jay New says she most likely understands his intentions better than himself. And she is responding with manipulation of her own. This is not a relationship. This is psychological warfare. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that because I remember what it was like being 16 in a relationship I remember what it was like being 15, 16, 13, and it is very much child games. It is very much games. It's very much trying to see who wins, who's right. And not that 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds don't still play those games. You just hope that when you go through more experiences in life that you mature enough, evolve yourself enough to move beyond those games and leave them behind. But it's like a prerequisite of learning how to go through relationships to play these games. I'm not. I'm definitely not flaming either of them for playing these games because they need to learn from them. Like you, you need to get burned. You need to get burned to know not to touch the fire. You need to get burned to know not to play with fire. So, so let's get back to the hardcore part of this question, which was just or oh, this one in particular. I actually, we've got so lost. In it. What was the initial question? I don't even remember. But I know where we're flowing on from here. Oh, that's right. The initial question was. What was the giant red flag in when he says, in quotes, I invest in her because there's so much competition. Now, my friends, I'm just realizing the reason why no one got 100,000 zenny for that answer is because you all have missed something blindingly obvious. But maybe T was the only one who got close, but he didn't flesh it out. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> that was perfect timing. So no one hit the second half of the issue. You all hit the first half of the seeing that his financial resources are the way that he's going to buy her, buy her loyalty, buy her interest and time. You all, uh, Brandon, W, Janu, you, you did well there. However, only one of you tapped onto the competition part of his message none of you got that t started it but didn't give me anything on it funnily enough as i go back to review this 
T has come up into the chat and finally popped up on the competition. So T comes in saying he thought it was a scarcity mindset because he just thought scarcity when he said was afraid of the competition. He's not confident in his own value as a person compared to other men. Worried the chads will get her, as someone said in the last social Q&A. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, okay. So, <coughs> T, well done. Well done. Not 100,000 any because you have to, have to come in way more concise and close together with that. A D is still the only one with 100,000 any answer up in this chat. This is, a, this is a tough session for you guys. But T, that's okay. But T finally hits the second half. One of you finally hits the second half of the, I can't believe you guys missed that. I said it so many times as well. Listen to what he says. I invest in her because there's so much competition. So most of you only heard the beginning of that sentence and you just heard, I invest in her so much. Well, you needed to hit, and I was look, if someone had hit both, the financial investment and the competition, that's 100,000 any answer. None of you have done that, but T has done well to give us the competition, which at the massive other red flag or part of that one red flag is that he's ignoring his own value, his own internal value. The only value that will not be sucked and extracted from him. The only value that continues on in perpetuity for eternity. That is something that is, that will never be taken away from you. No matter how little much you have of your own internal value, you can only build upon it until you no longer exist and persist in this current form of reality. But for now, especially as an 18-year-old, he probably doesn't have a lot. As an 18-year-old, unless he's done some shit, unless he's, unless he's done some major work serving the beings of this world, he probably doesn't have a good sense and a good connection to his own internal value. Does he think about what principles am I supposed to be learning at this stage in life? Does he think about how am I supposed to be treating other people in this life? Does he think about what type of work am I supposed to be serving to all the other beings in this world? Probably not. Probably not. Actually, I know not because of the way that he's messaged me here. And that also because of his ideas and mentalities around what it means to offer value. The only value he perceives of being of offer that he could offer to her is of financial. Financial and time. What he doesn't see, which is what T has said very well, is that he, well, T has said he's not confident in his own value. Wait, didn't, did T give a specific? No, he didn't. Okay. It's me who's giving specifics then. But the specific of his masculine frame and the energy and vessel-like nature of a relationship that he could hold for her, especially as her being even only a year younger. I know when you're young, a year makes a huge difference. An 18 to 17-year-old, at least to her, that still is a little bit of a difference there. And so that she would still be looking to him for grounding, for sense of security, not financially, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, in a point in which that heart to heart, beat to beat, no matter what you're going through in life, I'll take care of you. I'll be there for you. Whether I'm homeless on the street, no shirt on my back, or whether I'm up in that palace, getting my back rubbed, I'll be there for you and we'll be able to talk. And you can let out anything into me. Primarily as a masculine being X, that is your value in the space of an intimate relationship. In the space of an intimate relationship, I don't care about your chocolates. I don't care about the car that you drive. I don't care, you're probably not driving right now, actually, because you know, I've got to, got to adjust these analogies. But I don't care about all the different things you can buy and all the different things you can shower her with. And you know what? Neither does she. Neither does she at an emotional level. Since 
I don't want to get into too much of an inspirational rant and revenue yet. We're not there yet. But I want to give you hints and ideas here of that. She senses the opportunity to manipulate because you've given her one. Because you've shown her something that can be manipulated. But X, you can't manipulate someone's internal value. A woman cannot manipulate your internal value as a man. She cannot manipulate your groundedness, your strength, your presence of being, your willingness to show care and concern and empathy for her balance on your progression of sexual pace between you and her. That can't be manipulated. You know why? Because that's your 50. That's what you discern. That's what you control. That's not something that she would ever have a say in. For better or worse, if you're really fucking up on all those things I just said, she can't change that. If you're really nailing everything I just said, she can't change that. That's what you live and die on. That's the sword and shield that you'll carry out into the battlefield every single day. And the enemy has no say in that. That's not exactly the best analogy for this because I'm not saying that she's the enemy. Who is the enemy in this? Actually, no, that is a good analogy. But you would have been mistaken if you had thought that she's the enemy. No, the enemy is your own ego. The enemy is your own ego. The enemy is on the other side of the battlefield going, but hey, hey, why use that sword? Why use that shield? Have a look at this. We've got some other shiny objects over here. Forget about your old sword and shield that's been used for millennia. We've got a catapult. We've got, we got fucking flamethrowers over here. She'll be more impressed by that. And that's what I'm saying is that that's the enemy for you in this situation. To be lulled into this fantasy of that the financial investment would mean more than an investment of internal value based on who you are as a core being. <laughs> fucking A. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was careful not to go into an inspirational rant too deep because I was like holding it back because we've got more to get. We've got way more things to dive into, but hopefully you can see, hopefully you can see where this podcast is going. <clears throat> it's not all lost hope, my friend. And while you are making a lot of mistakes right now, we're going to get that lighthouse out. That light's going to start to shine, okay? On my Instagram this morning, I put up a quick little thing on my story of pandas fucking up. <laughs> of, a, of a panda just falling down these stairs and I just put a, a tagline underneath it. What Beginners attempting to learn social dynamics in 2021 and it was this panda falling down the stairs. And then <laughs> you just got to go watch it. It's actually really good, but it's this entire story of me essentially saying, uh, but it doesn't matter how hard you fall. Like the fact that you are falling that you're stronger than you think you are, and that as long as you are in the process of falling, you'll get stronger and you'll learn to climb. It's a good story of the pandas. So let's move on to boundaries now. Let's move on to the boundaries. I just read a couple of his more of his comments out. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this session, just dropping in, drop a thumbs up on this video down below. It'd be most appreciated. And drop me comments and posts as well for those of you in podcast land. Don't worry, I don't forget about you. I know you're listening out there on audio land. Okay. So Exil had come in saying, so he invests in her with money because he's afraid of the male competition. Correct. Correct. Because as T said, he's not confident in his own internal value, as I just went into a little bit of an inspirational rant on and what that actually is. Uh, he doesn't have any understanding of the internal value, so he only sees external value as being his currency of worth. So the only way I can fight these chads, these male competition, is with my dollars. W then goes on to say, Oh no, my chat frozen and the first bit was gone. 
Okay, I don't know what that means, but hopefully you're back. Hopefully you're back. Okay, let's move on here. Boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. This is where shit really starts to hit the fan. So picking it back up here. She feels that he restricts her too much, too obsessive. He thinks she's a hoe, always kissing guys at parties, friends refer to her as a party hoe, etc. Doesn't like her going out clubbing and partying so much. Okay. Now I ask him about what is the actual state of your relationship? What is the T's and C's you've set up? Well, boundaries. He specifically goes on to state these are the boundaries they set in their relationship. He says, I told her no talking to other guys because she's scared. I told her before you go anywhere, tell me. And for me, well, I guess it's unspoken boundaries because she knows I won't cheat. Pause. We're not moving beyond that. That's a, that's a key fundamental issue in his mentality towards relationships right off the bat. So you can take this a, number, a couple of ways. There's actually several red flags within it. Let's go with the boundaries he set with her. What are the issues with the boundaries that he set in the T's and C's of this relationship? He said that, number one, he, she's not allowed to talk to other guys. Just blanket. No talking to other guys. He's also said, because she's scared, I told her that she has to, before she goes anywhere, anywhere, she has to tell him. Those are the two boundaries. What are the red flags on those boundaries? You could break them down and isolate both of them. You could isolate either or, or you could just take it out 30,000 feet and tell me about the mindset that is the issue with those boundaries. Either or, either or. I'd be happy with either answers there. We're going to have to get both essentially. So I hope one of you gives me the isolated and I hope one of you gives me the macro. If you're good enough, I might give you 100,000 zenny if you can give me both. And then, and then there's the trifecta. So there's really three flags, three micro flags, one big red flag of him saying that, I guess it's, well, I guess it's unspoken boundaries for me because she knows I won't cheat. If, if you're new to social Q&A live, that might be a bit much to handle, like for you to wrap your head around. It might seem like too many moving pieces at one time. For some of the more hardcores, try and break down all three as one macro concept. Because if you're more advanced and you know what's going on here in the social dynamics of the situation, you can see while it's three individual isolated issues, faces to them, they all come from the same beating heart. They all come from one stemmed issue. So really, 100,000 is any answer to this question would be, what's the stem? What's, what's the heart of this issue? If you can give me that, I'll give you 100,000 is any. If not, try and break them down isolated. Either way, either way, we'll get it. Okay, 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 okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, who we got up in this chat? Jay New comes in with the first answer saying, number one, He's denying her feminine and sexual expression. Number two, he's caging the free bird he was attracted to in the first place. So he's attached to an ideal rather than the girl himself. Herself, sorry. Okay, excellent answer to number one and number two, Jay. I would like to see a number three from you. Yep, perfect timing. He comes in with a number three saying, number three He's expecting much more out of her loyalty without making similar concessions. Good. So Jay New nails all three isolated points, as I expect no less. Yeah, I'm still... It's like, 
you nailed nailed all the all the micros, yet that was low hanging fruit for you, Jay. I wanted you to hit the macro stem. I wanted you to hit the macro stem because you're more advanced. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Jay. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm disappointed. Like, not disappointed. Your answers. Your answers are great. It's just that you went with the uh, the easy ones. You should have left the easy ones to the other people. <laughs> you should have just gone for the macro stem. All right. Could have given you 100,000 Zeddy. Because if, if a beginner had given those answers, that's 100,000 Zeddy for them. Brandon Cam then comes in saying, those boundaries seem super controlling. Not too sure what else to say about them other than they may, to be, may need to be completely rethought. Bound, okay, Brandon's saying the boundaries are super controlling, but he's not sure what else to say about them other than they need to be completely rethought. See, this is where you now see the difference in development in this one issue between Jay New and Brandon. Jay New has answered Brandon's inability to answer. When Brandon says, I'm not sure what what's what to say about these isolated issues, like he, Brandon's not sure how to fix them or change them, which is what Johnny has given us. But, but Brandon gave a beginning to a macro stem, which would be just the super controlling nature. Not nearly enough though for me to, it's not really an answer. So, Brandon, I like that you're just coming in and speaking your mind and it's really good when you don't know. I always encourage you guys to say, if you don't know, you don't know. It's, it's fine. Have a guess. Like, do your best guess. That's always good. That's what these sessions are about. It's all about learning through it. So I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to give, I just want to give you guys a chance. I want to see if someone can come in with a macro stem, <clears throat> like where all these issues stem from, from the core of it. If someone can give me that, I'll give you guys like 10 seconds. If you don't get it, I'm just going to roll, roll into it. Because we've addressed the micro issues with his mentality around what boundaries he's set in the relationship and the lack of boundaries for himself as well. <clears throat> Brandon Can said what Johnny said. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> oh, Nico's up in here. Nico Co comes in saying, I second Johnny's statements. Again, what Johnny said. Okay. T comes in saying, Macro stem is simply that he needs her, question mark. Needs her to be a certain way, needs to know what she's up to, needs to be in control of her in order to feel secure himself. Thank you, T. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Now we're getting somewhere. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Fuck yes. Okay. That's a good answer. The only problem with that answer is that the beginning of it wasn't an answer. T knows if you put a question mark in your answer, that's you asking me a question. So if we can ignore the question mark at the beginning, just the beginning, because the rest of his question, his answer doesn't have question marks in it. If T goes on to say he needs her to be a certain way, needs her to know what she's up to, needs to know what she's up to, needs to be in control of her in order to feel secure himself. That last bit is money. Not a hundred thousands any, but it's very good. He, when he says... T goes and say he needs to be in control of her in order to feel secure himself. That's really the core issue with this mindset. Just hear his words again and then apply what T said. The boundaries I've set in this relationship is that I told her no talking to other guys. And because she's scared, before she can go anywhere, she has to tell me. He's reflecting his own insecurity upon her and so that he enforces such strict medieval 
I'm almost going to go as far as say unethical. Like it's to the point of where it's really, I mean, then it comes down to whose ethics. But I think we could generally say as human beings, it's a pretty unethical stipulation to put in a relationship to tell your feminine partner, you can't go anywhere without telling me where you go and you can't talk to other guys. Now, I think some of us are used to hearing either our friends or maybe you were even one of them when you were younger making the mistake of saying to your girlfriend, you're not allowed to talk to other guys. Some of you might not have been that hardcore. Maybe some of you went to the extent though of saying you can't hang out with other guys. You know, I was that white night when I was in high school. I was I used I used to be in a not nearly this aggressive place, but I used to be super jealous. When I was in my second relationship, when I was 16, I was super jealous. I hated it when my girlfriend at that time went to other guys' places with her girlfriends, and I was I was jealous beyond belief. But I was still never to the degree of saying you can't talk to them or you can't do that. I was just like, fuck, like inside me, inside myself. And, you know, and, I, and of course it would seep out as well. It would definitely seep out in my behavior towards her. But I'd never try and erect rules in our relationship that would stop her from having personal freedom. So that's why I really like what T said there in terms of he needs to be in control of her in order to feel secure himself. Why that's so good is because he's just projecting an insecurity he has within himself. His insecurity, that's going to be something that as he's listening to his podcast that he needs to dive into himself, where it stems from, what it is. However, I could conjecture right here at the bat that that insecurity is coming from not knowing his own internal value at a very core root. Right? T came in and saying that macro stem, he needs to be able to feel, feel secure himself. That's good. Why doesn't he feel secure about himself? Why isn't he comfortable for her to go hang out at a party with other guys? Well, for him, because he's very sure that he's that she's going to cheat, that she's going to start fucking with other guys, literally, metaphorically, probably both. Why would that be such an issue for you, X? We've had this discussion in many podcasts. Why would that be such an issue for you, for her to become romantically interested in another guy? Do you think she's going to be the only girl you spend with for the rest of your life? Do you think that you're going to be the only guy that she ever finds romantic interest in for the rest of her life? Some of you might be thinking, was she ever romantically interested in him or was she just using him for his money? Because he invested so heavily from the beginning. That's another huge issue with the level of investment, the chocolates, the love note, the hoodie, the buying of the lunches, the shopping, everything, is that X, one of the biggest issues you made with that was that you never actually allowed her the opportunity to love you for you. Human beings are less than honorable. Human beings by their default nature are less than honorable. Most people in this world will do anything to get what they want. They will step over anyone. They will backstab anyone. They will say anything about anyone if it means that they are secured financial or social security emotional, romantic security above someone else. That is the nature of human beings in 2021. Has it always been this way? No. No, I had a discussion with Sahud Kaur last week on the Eternal Energy podcast, my other podcast, and he described how saying something, a very similar sentiment of that men used to be more honorable, you know, centuries ago. But human beings have become very corrupt with the advent of the structure of society in 2021, corruption is so readily available that we have more 
computational power to be able to take advantage of people to become corrupt because our currency is now digital and it transcends time and space. If you wanted to fuck someone over back in the 1500s, you'd have to physically pick up your sword and you'd have to take their cart from them. You'd have to go ruin their fields. You'd have to go poison their crops. You'd have to go take their women and children from them physically. It's a hard thing to do. A slow thing to do as well. There were still corrupt people back then. It just couldn't be so readily and at such a pace uh, progressed. But now in 2021, you got DMs. You got DMs. You got OnlyFans. You got clubs. You've got Bitcoin. You've got transferable money that gets transferred in seconds. You've got girls with PayPal. You've got the ability to go to shopping centers and to, to fandangle and shamboozle your way around this life to step over other people and to manipulate people from both ends, masculine and feminine. It's so readily available. And the human condition, the egoic human condition, is to serve itself first, to serve you first. So coming back, where did this all stem from? Coming back to when we were talking about securities, insecurities, the value If X continues this path forward, this progression, and using his own insecurities to chain his partner down, can't go talk to other guys, going to be this jealous guy, just can't talk to other guys, because of why? Because you're so afraid that she would be interested in someone else. Did she ever have a chance, is what I was saying before, of, of liking you for you, of loving you for you? Did you ever put your internal value first? There's a lot of things that are starting to come up here that I think you really need to think about. Because if you keep sullying the waters of your romantic connections with women, with your financial currency first, with your royal status first, and I don't mean that literally, being of royal descent, if you keep doing that, how would a woman ever have a chance to do away with her egoic human nature of being corrupt and manipulative? Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, <laughs> I get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I Tang 1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So... At Tang one on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy that's all available to you at boldojo.com listen guys the birds outside are going haywire so I better wrap up this outro it's the time of my life getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions chopping it up 
getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again. And I look forward to seeing you in the next session. Truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.